Welcome to Turn Shit Into Gold. This is episode six already, I believe. My name is Kristen. I am your host. And today I want to talk to you about insecurities and how to overcome them. And specifically, some of the stories that I want to tell you about are actually not at all related to my business right now. They are related to working out. And it's because I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and it's been top of mind for me because of all the different things I've been doing with workouts lately and just reflecting back on how I used to be and how scared I used to be of different types of workouts or trying new things. And I realized that my whole thing that really held me back was being afraid of how other people were going to perceive me, what other people were going to think, and really just anybody seeing me struggle. I did not want anybody to see me struggle. So running was never something that was my thing. I hated running. I also, when working out, will get red really easily. Like I remember multiple times in college, people would see me in our fitness center and ask me if I was okay because if I was doing any type of cardio, I would look like a hot mess. Like my face would be all red and blotchy and I just looked rough. Meanwhile, there would be girls in there with like full faces of makeup on the elliptical and like hoop earrings in and other jewelry, just trying to look all cute at the gym. That was not me. If I was ever there, I was there to get a workout in and I was probably going to look like a hot mess afterwards, but that's fine. But running before I would never do because of that. I didn't want people to see me look like it was hard for me. I didn't want to have people see me stop running. God forbid I was running for a little bit and needed to take a break and walk. Like I just couldn't handle it and didn't want that to be something that people saw. So I just didn't do it. And I remember my dad, he knew this and he, when we would be driving anywhere as a family, or if it was just him and me in the car, he would point out every female who was running and comment on the fact that she looked completely normal and just was like trying to get me to go out and do it and not really care. But I did not want people to see me struggling. I also did not want to feel like I was struggling. I don't like to feel bad at things. That's not really super fun for me. So I just didn't do it for the longest time. And then in 2018, I had a friend who was in the army. Well, he's still in the army, but was stationed in Germany at the time. And I was planning a trip to go see him. And we were going to go to Italy and Greece. And his new thing while he was stationed in Europe was anytime he could, he would go travel to other countries and other cities and he would do sightseeing jogs. And he told me this and my first thought was like, oh shit, I hate running. And (laughs) I knew that that might be difficult. I had run like one 5k before with a coworker. She talked me into it and it wasn't completely awful. But at the same time, I knew going for like a two to three mile sightseeing jog at that time, I had not been running at all in at least like three or four years. So I knew that would be rough. I also knew it probably would be a good way to see a city 
and I do know overall working out makes me feel better. So I figured, okay, I have three months until this vacation. If I run like three times a week from now until then, I can get in better shape. It's fine. And also at this time in my life, I was living in South St. Paul, Minnesota. And, um, you know, there wasn't really anyone in my neighborhood who I cared if they saw me. There, I think, was even like a retirement home down the street that I used to run past. (laughs) So not trying to impress anybody there. So luckily, I was able to get myself to go and try it. And I used the Nike Run Club app, which if you have ever had the desire to become a runner and you haven't done it yet, I 10 out of 10 recommend the Nike Run Club app. And there is a guided run called the Comeback Run. That's a 15-minute run. That was the first one I did. And I actually remember still that it was on Cinco de Mayo. It was May 5th, 2018, that I went for my first little comeback run and I ran slow. It was an 11 something per minute mile and it felt (laughs) terrible. It was really hard. I felt so out of shape. It really kind of sucked, but I was like, okay, I know if I just keep going, it's going to get better. It's fine. And then a couple days later, I did a 20-minute run. It didn't feel as difficult. And I just kept going with it and kept going with it. And I ended up, I think the week after I got back from my trip, maybe two weeks after I got back from my trip, I ran a 10K, which is a little over six miles. And then that October, I ended up running a 10-mile race because I just kept going. And I had a friend who was a runner and she wanted to do a race. So I ran, I mostly trained by myself, but I trained with her sometimes and I ran the race with her. I could not have done it if I was not running with her, but I ran a 10 mile race. I ended up running the 10 mile race again the next year and shaved five minutes off of my time, which was really exciting for me. But I just had to get over this idea of other people seeing me struggle with something and get over the fact that it's going to feel terrible at first and just do the thing. And I can tell you that it feels so freaking good to accomplish something like running farther than you've ever run before. Anytime I ran something faster, ran a certain distance faster than I had run it before, it felt amazing. And it became something that was really fun for me and built my confidence. And also I feel like it just improves your relationship with your body. If you're somebody who has struggled with body image stuff, the way that you feel about your body as a whole will get better if you are challenging your body and doing things that you didn't think you could previously do. And the way to do it is to just keep showing up and to be consistent. I also remember in high school being afraid to lift weights. And there was a weight room in my high school. And I specifically remember in track, I threw shot put and discus and my coach was awesome. And he would offer to lift weights with us after if we wanted, or, you know, stay after and get whatever help with things. He was a really great coach. And I never took him up on that offer because I was afraid to go lift in the weight room There were usually guys in there who played whatever sports, and I was afraid that they would see how little the weights were that I was starting out with and judge me for it and think I was weak. And this, looking back now, 
is the silliest thing ever to me because I realized that I was so afraid that other people would think I was weak that I allowed myself to just remain weak. I was weak because I wasn't strength training and I would have rather been weak at the time than have other people see how weak I was. It really doesn't make any sense when you think about it, but I bet some of you who are listening have done that same thing. Maybe you're still doing it. And if you are, that's okay. But also just consider maybe changing your perspective on that and deciding not to care. Also, now, fast forward many years later, I'm someone who's worked out at a ton of different gyms. I've had a membership at Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, a gym in Minneapolis called The Firm that I absolutely adored. I have worked out at different hotel gyms. I have done cycle bar, core power yoga, um, Mayweather boxing and fitness gym. I work out at Sanders Fit in Dallas now. And I've probably tried a bunch of other gyms that I can't even think of. Oh yeah, Lifetime Fitness. I've had a Lifetime Fitness membership. I've worked out so many places before. And I can tell you what I'm absolutely never doing at the gym. And what I'm never doing at the gym is looking around at the amount of weight that other people are lifting and thinking that they are weak for only being able to lift whatever amount of weight they're lifting. I've literally never in my life looked at someone else and thought, oh, I can't believe you're only lifting that much weight. So I'm not sure why I thought that other people would be looking at me and thinking that thought, but that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that they would be thinking, I can't believe you can only lift that amount of weight. And I allowed that to keep me from being able to lift more weights. And I'm so glad that I got over that at some point. And uh, I ended up also finding a really awesome strength training program through a podcast that I listened to called Mind Pump. If you want to look it up, if you're into fitness stuff, they have a few different workout plans. And one of them is their MAPS anabolic plan for building muscle. And I wanted to get stronger and build muscle. So I bought this plan from them. And then I used an app called Strong, where you can plug in the exercises that you're doing, the number of sets, the number of reps, and how much weight you're doing. And when I was working out at the firm in Minneapolis before I moved to Dallas, I would do that workout plan. And I gained so much strength doing that. It was amazing. And it was really fun to see myself get stronger, be able to push more weight, pull more weight, all those things. I loved it. And then the pandemic happened and the gym closed. I couldn't work out for a while and things just got a little rocky for a bit. But now I am back at it, back in the gym. And I work out with a trainer, Amanda, who's great at Sanders Fit, this gym in Dallas. And I had never heard of the gym, but Amanda had found me on Instagram and sent me a DM and asked if I wanted to come in for a training session. So I did. And after working out there for a couple months, I was also working out at the Mayweather Boxing Gym and doing spin classes at Cycle Bar. And a friend that I made in boxing class, I found out also worked out at Sanders Fit with a trainer. We found out that we had been going at the exact same time, which was crazy because I do not remember ever seeing her there, but also usually I'm just trying to 
like get through my workout. So I'm not necessarily paying super close attention to who's there. And then my workout time had changed from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And she was still going at 8, but we still had that little overlap of her finishing her workout when I'm arriving. So we found out that. And then I started to look for her when I was there. And I'll say hi to her now. But as we were chatting and chatting about our workouts at the boxing gym, chatting about our workouts at this other gym, I found out I'm not someone who pays super close attention to sports. I am a big Green Bay Packers fan. That is my favorite team. That's my favorite sport to watch. Part of that is also because I can keep up with it with one game a week. But when it comes to stuff like basketball and baseball, there are just too many games going on (laughs) during the week for me to keep up and know what's going on, know what the standings are, all of that. So I don't pay close attention to any other sports. I like watching all sports and I like playing sports. I think it's really fun. So I enjoy sports, but I'm not somebody who like knows everything. And I definitely am not keeping track of players. Like I know some players, but mostly I do not know. And even with the Packers, who I love, I will still be behind on like who got traded to a different team, who's still there. I'm behind on that stuff all the time. I don't pay that close of attention because I simply do not care that much. It's just a fun thing for me to do in the fall and the winter. I love watching the games. There was a little dive bar in Dallas that I would go to that is a Packers bar, and it was super fun. But I don't pay that close of attention. So... I found out that the gym that I had been going to was owned by a former NBA player and that there are current NBA players who will go there and work out. There are also current NFL players who will go there and work out and probably other sports. But this girl from boxing was telling me specifically about some NFL players and NBA players who go there and was telling me about how comical it is, especially in the summer, because there will be a bunch more girls who start coming in and working out there. And you can tell they're like trying to be all cute and attract these athletes. So that's entertaining. But I realized this last week how far I've come with things because it was like, oh my gosh, in high school, I was afraid to go to the weight room because whatever guys from Red Wing High School which is a small, like I graduated with about 240 people. And some of those people were at our alternative school. They weren't even in my physical school building. So smaller place. Also, we only had one high school in my town. So that was it for us. I was afraid to work out in their presence, just these random high school boys when I was in high school, because I didn't want them to see how little weight I was lifting. And now I go to a gym every week and I work out in the presence of professional athletes. Like there were some there today while I was working out. They can't, it's not like they're watching me. They're obviously there to get their own workout in, but they could see if they wanted to, how much weight I was lifting. And if they felt like judging me for it, they could, but also how silly and funny would that be for these professional athletes to be sitting around judging some random girl at their gym for how much weight she's lifting. Like when you think about it that way, it's so silly and you realize, oh yeah, these people don't care. Whatever people are at your gym or the gym that 
isn't your gym yet because you haven't started going, they don't care how much weight you're lifting. They don't care if you go there or not. But you know who does care? You. Or do you know who should care? You. You shouldn't prevent yourself from getting stronger or feeling confident in your body because you're afraid of the process of getting there. Because the process of getting there is actually a lot of fun once you start doing it. I had way more fun than I ever would have guessed I would have had training for a 10-mile race. I hated running. I was someone who hated running, and I thought I would never, ever, ever be a runner. And then I became someone who low-key loves running. I still don't love it, love it, love it, but I kind of love it. And it's because I allowed myself to struggle and get better. And I used to be someone who was afraid of weight training, and I allowed myself to struggle and get better. I remember being in college and going to the weight room and only being able to use maybe five or 10 pound weights trying to do a chest press. And today I was doing a chest press with 25 pound dumbbells. I'm stronger now, but the only reason I'm stronger now is because I went in there and I pushed up those little weights as many times as I pushed up those little weights and just pushed myself to be uncomfortable and allowed people to see me where I was, which again, it's not like they were watching, but I pushed past that fear that they would be, and I just did it anyway. And I put myself in a situation where they could see. But what are these people gonna do? Nothing. You have to just get yourself to think about that other side of it. It's the same with, this is why I'm talking about this, because it is the same with showing up on social media. If you aren't showing up on your Instagram stories right now, and talking about whatever things you want to be talking about, talking about this business that you have already started or that you want to start, you're not doing it because you're afraid of what some random person you went to high school with or college with or worked with three years ago is going to think of you talking about this thing, then you're not allowing yourself to go through the struggle and get better and you're not allowing yourself to have that success that you know will come after. You will be successful if you just start doing it and you keep showing up consistently, but you have to allow yourself to have that beginning part and have that struggle. And it's still kind of awkward sometimes. And especially now, you know, my boyfriend watches my Instagram stories, a couple of his friends follow me and they see my Instagram stories. And sometimes it is kind of weird and awkward depending on exactly what I'm posting or exactly what I'm sharing to know that some of those people are seeing it. But I just don't let myself think about it and I just do my thing because I know that there will be people who see what I'm doing and they have their thoughts about it and they're going to judge it in whatever way they're going to judge it. They're going to think I'm whatever they're going to think I am. But that is technically just their own projections anyway. So why would I let their projections of their own insecurities prevent me from having the life that I want to have and prevent me from helping people and encouraging people to do their own thing. It would be completely silly of me to do that. Going back to the allowing myself to be weak because I don't want other people to see me being weak. It's the same thing. Why would I let these other people stop me from having what I want? Before it was that I wanted to be strong. Now it's that I want to be a wildly successful business owner. I can't be a wildly successful business owner if I'm too afraid 
to post stuff on the internet. I have to put it out there so people can find me. And I have to trust that the people who need it will see it and they will find me. And there are going to be the people who either don't need to see it or maybe they need to see it, but they're not in the right space to receive it. So all they're going to do is see it and talk shit, whether it's actually to other people or just in their heads about me. But technically, your opinion of me is none of my business. That's your business. And some people want to share their opinions of me with me, and that's fine. That's technically their business too. And obviously, when their opinions of me are kind things, it's fun to receive and I enjoy it. But I also try to not let myself enjoy it too much because if you overvalue people's compliments, you will also overvalue their criticism and you'll be putting your identity outside of yourself, which was also the whole sermon at church yesterday when I went to church with my boyfriend and it is what I'm always preaching to my clients is you have to get your identity of who you are so solid that no matter what anybody else says, you still know what's your truth. You still know what's actually true about you because everybody will have things to say about you and what everybody has to say about you is all just based on their own perception and their own projection. And that's both with positive things and negative things. Whatever somebody admires about you is something that they have within themselves and they're capable of doing and tapping into. They just need to start to tap into it. Whatever they see in you that they don't like about you is something that they have within themselves too. And maybe it's something that they're suppressing or maybe it's something that they just need to finish healing a certain aspect of. But whatever it is, it's not technically about you. It's about their own stuff. So you should never let other people hold you back from doing your thing. Another example with the workout stuff that I wanted to bring up was core power yoga because I started going to core power yoga in 2017 with my friend Mia and she had gone for years in Atlanta, Georgia before she moved to the Minneapolis area and she talked me into going to core power with her and then she would always go to sculpt classes on the weekends and I mean she would go during the week too but I was so afraid to try the yoga sculpt classes because they were heated to about 92 degrees and there's yoga involved, but then you also use weights. Some of it you're using weights within the flow and then some of it you are just doing weights like there will be a push-ups and bicep song. So you're doing a set of push-ups and then a set of bicep curls and then another set of push-ups. You get the idea. So it's weightlifting mixed in with also doing yoga. And then there would also be a cardio song that would involve things like jumping jacks, maybe Heisman's, football runs, skaters, whatever different stuff. It's an intense workout class. Again, in case you forgot, I said this, it's heated to 92 degrees. So it's already hot in there. And then you're doing all these other things. It's a very intense workout. I was afraid to go for the longest time because I was afraid that people would see me struggle. I was afraid that I would be too weak to get through the full workout. I had all these fears about not being good enough that prevented me from just trying. And luckily, it only did take a couple months before I was like, okay, I'll do it. 
I'll try it. And I went and I did have to take some breaks and I did have to, you know, drop my weights for some reps and things like that. But I did it and I just kept showing up and it got easier. I got stronger. And I also ended up two years later doing their teacher training and I became a sculpt teacher at Core Power Yoga. So in two years, I went from being afraid to even show up to the class to being someone who could teach the class and then was teaching the class. And there are so many things in life that are totally accessible to you that feel inaccessible to you right now only because you're not allowing yourself to show up and to struggle. And the first time I auditioned, I didn't get it. You have to audition to become a teacher at Core Power Yoga. And the first time I auditioned, I didn't get it. I don't know for sure what it is because they didn't really, I don't know if it's different now, but they did not really give feedback at the time, which was frustrating. But it could have been just as simple as my availability not lining up well with what the studios were looking for because at the time I was working a nine to five still and had some volunteer stuff. So I had very limited availability. I also only wanted to teach at like a couple of the studios. So it could have been that there was someone that they could hire that was available more or could do some of the harder to fill classes. Or it could have been that I just wasn't good enough yet. Could be a combination of the two. All I know is I did not get it the first time, but I also did not let that stop me. Like a month or two later, they reached out to me and said that they had like a little refresher with an audition option and they invited me to do that. I did that and then I got hired at that audition. So again, you can't let your failures stop you just because you failed. And I said that in quotations. I know you can't see me but I did air quotes for you because you cannot let these failures hold you back. There is no such thing as failing. You just tried something and the result of it wasn't what you were hoping the result was, but that doesn't mean you failed. Failure is technically a made up concept. So is success. It's all made up and you get to decide what any of it means. So for me, I have just decided that there's no such thing as failure I'm either succeeding or I'm learning. And either way, that's technically a win to me because I love to learn and I love to get better. So it's all a win. And if you can look at things that way, it's so much easier to get past your insecurities and move past your fear of showing up and your fear of trying. My first workshop, I think I mentioned this, in maybe my first podcast. No, maybe I didn't mention this. Well, either way, my first workshop that I ever did last spring, uh, it was supposed to be April 17th and zero people signed up for it. (laughs) Zero. No one signed up to come to my first workshop. And I decided that it was because the universe was just testing me to make sure this is what I really wanted. And it was an opportunity for me to double down on my belief in myself. I could have decided that it was a sign from the universe that this is not what I'm meant to do or that I'm not good enough or that I'm a failure or whatever other BS things I wanted to decide that it meant. Those choices are always available to us. I decided this is just 
my opportunity to double down on my belief in myself. And I decided that what I was going to do was still show up that day and record it on Zoom. And then I waited a couple weeks and then I offered the recording for people to buy and people bought it. So that is another example. And this is what I call turning shit into gold. You can turn shit into gold at any time. I did not get the job at Core Power Yoga the first time I applied, but I just tried again. And then I got it the second time. And I'm sure there are people out there who have auditioned at Core Power more than two times before they got a job there. I'm sure there are also people who auditioned once, didn't get it, and then just gave up on their dream. And it turned out that teaching yoga sculpt at Core Power Yoga was not what I truly wanted to be doing. It was getting me closer. It was helping me figure out. And I did love teaching it to some extent. I love what I do now more. And I have been going back to Core Power Yoga again. And I'll chat with the instructors and tell them about how I did teacher training and taught sculpt for a bit before the pandemic. And they always will ask me, have you thought about teaching again? Because they're hiring. And I let them know, yeah, I have thought about it, but I'm not going to do it because it's not truly what I want to be doing. I feel more fulfilled doing what I'm doing now. And if we're being honest, I make way more money doing this because core power yoga does not pay that well. So I'm done with my stint as a yoga teacher. I'm not going to say forever because it could be that I decide I want to do it again later, but I gained things from that experience. And some people would also look at it as a failure because I didn't teach for a really long time. I didn't even teach for a year because I had started teaching in the fall of 2019 and then March of 2020, we all know what happened. And two weeks into the pandemic, they laid us all off and then I just decided not to go back. I didn't want to teach with a mask on. It did not sound fun to me. And then things kept changing and happening in my life and I started this business. So then it just felt like it didn't make sense to me to go back. And some people would think, wow, what a waste of money. You spent all this money on the teacher training and then you only taught for several months before you stopped. I choose to not look at it that way. I choose to look at it as an experience that taught me a lot about myself helped me gain confidence, helped me shift my perspective on who I am and what I'm capable of. I did have a lot of fun teaching for the period of time that I was teaching, met other people, and just, you know, overall I had a good time and I learned things. And it's okay if things don't work out exactly how you were thinking that they would or hoping that they would. They'll always work out how they're supposed to work out if you choose to see it that way. I do realize now that I have not yet reminded you that you don't have to agree with anything that I'm saying. You can, you know, have your own truth. That's okay. These are just some perspectives that I'm sharing because they have been helpful for me in my life. So that is why I share them. And I've, uh, I don't think I specifically mentioned with spin class, but that was another thing. I was afraid to go to spin class because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to keep up on the bike. I held myself back from workout classes and just a lot of different types of working out in the past, working out in general, really, if we want to get down to it, 
because I was afraid that I was going to struggle and that people were going to judge me for not being good enough. And I was the person who friends would invite to a workout class and I would say, let me just get in shape first and then I'll come. And now I'm always inviting people to come and they're saying that to me. And I try to tell them, no, just show up, just come. Because if you come, that's what's going to get you in shape. And I know from my own personal experience that you can say, I'm going to get in shape and then come all dang day, but you probably won't do it. Or it'll take way longer for you to do it. And if you just decided to show up and keep coming back, you would end up getting in shape so much faster. Going to the Mayweather Boxing Gym is another example. I would have been way too scared to do that before, especially because of the boxing part. I'm not someone who had any sort of boxing technique. I was not someone who was getting in fist fights. that's for darn sure. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's footwork and then there's the coordination with your hands and throwing the punches correctly. And then there's a whole bunch more involved with the workouts there with strength training and cardio. And I would have been way too scared to go in the past, but that's not who I am anymore. I've changed who I am. I've changed how I see myself. And now I am the type of person who likes to challenge herself. I am the type of person who is willing to try different workout classes. And I am the type of person who's no longer afraid to be bad at something in front of other people. I also had a fun little experience with this in college where I tried club lacrosse. We had a club lacrosse team and I had not played lacrosse before other than I think in middle school we had a lacrosse unit one time and that's not really the same. I'll just leave it at that because these girls were all people who played high school lacrosse. I did not and it was definitely a little rough at first. I had another friend who tried it with me and she was someone who also played sports in high school So I did track with shot put and discus and I also played volleyball. And when you're used to being good at a sport and then you try a new one and you're not good at it automatically, it can be a little rough. My friend that tried it with me was a softball player and she was good at softball and neither of us were good at lacrosse. We sucked. It was very different and we definitely sucked at it at first. She decided not to keep playing because she didn't enjoy the feeling of sucking. And I had decided, I think this is probably where it kind of started for me with my whole, I'm just going to try these things and see what happens mentality because I decided I'm just going to keep going. I know I will get better if I just keep doing this because I had that experience even with volleyball. I mean, I first started playing volleyball in elementary school at the YMCA, and then I did, I started doing competitive volleyball in middle school, and I still remember trying to get down overhand serves, and it was so hard for me at first, and I sucked at overhand serving. I couldn't do it, and my dad used to take me to this park in the summer in my hometown called Bay Point Park, and they had a sand volleyball court, and he would take me down there and make me practice my overhand serve. And I kind of hated him for it at the time, 
because it was summer and I didn't feel like being there. I just wanted to go hang out with my friends or do whatever. But I eventually ended up being very grateful for him doing that with me because I ended up being really good at overhand serving. And by the time I was in high school, my coaches could give me a number for which position on the court they wanted me to serve the ball and I could put the ball where they wanted me to put the ball. And I was consistent. Of course, I still missed serves sometimes, but I consistently was making my serves. And I also remember <sighs> silly high school boys from the opposing team would always try to get us to miss our serve and they would be trying to boo at us or yell whatever random stuff at us to throw us off. And I never let them throw me off and I would always just still make my serves. So again, I had to go and it's Bay Point Park was a public place. So I had to go fail at my overhand serves in public until I was no longer failing at them. That's just how life works. And the thing that we forget when it's our own lives is that everybody else has failed and everybody else has felt insecure. Every single person on this planet at some point in their life has felt insecure about some part of their body. Every single person on this planet has tried something and not been successful at it the first attempt. So if you let that stuff hold you back, it's just so sad. It's like the saddest thing to me. It's depressing when I really think about it to think that there are people out in the world who aren't showing up and trying things and doing things because they're afraid of what other people are going to think, but really they're just forgetting that other people are also just people who have their own secure insecurities and who have their own experiences of failing or being bad at something. We all know what it's like to fail. And when you think about it and you think about stories about people that you've heard, the people you end up admiring the most and the people's stories that you're most drawn to are usually the stories of the people who were not good at first. The Mighty Ducks, have you seen that movie? That is a classic from my childhood. They freaking sucked. And then. They kept practicing and they got better and they ended up being a great team and it was a much better story because of it and everybody was rooting for them because of it. Everybody loves the Mighty Ducks and that could be you if you just let yourself be bad for a while and put yourself out there and get better. Michael Jordan didn't make varsity the first time. He became one of the probably the most famous basketball player of all time. Imagine if he didn't make varsity one time and he just decided, I guess I'm not cut out for basketball. I should quit. There would be no Michael Jordan. He's an iconic person. There's so much that wouldn't exist without him being the person that he was and allowing himself to be in the position that he was in. Tons of uh, musicians who you love were out there not getting seen, not getting heard, not getting traction for a long time, but they just kept going. There are countless stories like this of people, and I can't remember if I said it on the podcast. I 
feel like I say that a lot of times because I can't remember if I was sitting here and I said it to someone in a coaching session or if I was recording a video training for a course or for my monthly membership that's now an option or if it was the podcast or something else. So if I already told you last week, then sorry that you have to hear me say it again, but Spanx, the shapewear, she got rejected so many times trying to make her company a thing because people didn't see her vision and they didn't believe in it. And now it's a billion dollar company. You can't let other people's opinions dictate what you're doing and stop you from doing what you're feeling called to do. Because if you're feeling called to do it, it is for a reason. Another little fun fact for you. I shared this with my boyfriend yesterday when we were talking about some stuff is that the word desire actually comes from the Latin and it's of the father. So if you're someone who believes in God, your desires are literally from God of the father and God doesn't give you your desires for no reason. You have the desires for a reason. You are supposed to act on them. You're supposed to do something about it. If you are someone who wants to have a business, you're supposed to have the business. And maybe it's supposed to be a little different than whatever you think right now, but it's probably something that you're going to figure out along the way. That's one thing that I have for sure learned in this journey of being a business owner, which by the way, it has now been just over a year since the first time somebody paid me for an intuitive read. So congrats to me for that. (laughs) And it's also been just over six months since my last day at my nine to five job. And I would not be here in this position I am in right now if I hadn't allowed myself to just start doing stuff and just let people see me stumbling through it because it's been a lot of stumbling as I mentioned a couple episodes ago with the stumbling is not falling. It's been an interesting journey for me. And there has been a lot that I have just had to figure out along the way. And there's been a lot that has shifted along the way. In fact, I've been procrastinating on finishing the copy for my new website because things keep changing so quickly. And it almost feels like every day I get more clear on something that I want to do another course that wants to be birthed through me, another direction that my business wants to go. And I have already now twice spent time sitting down, typing out the copy, which if you don't know what I'm saying when I say copy, that is just the little businessy term that they use for the words that are on a website. It is called copy. So I have sat down and done the copy now twice already. I did it once in December and then things were changing a lot and I did it again. I don't even remember if it was a month ago or two months ago at this point, but I did it again with some new shifts and was feeling really good about it. But now I feel like things have changed again and it needs some updates and it needs a refresh, but I'm trying to like hold out as long as I can to allow it to try to fully form. And when I say allow it to try to fully form, I mean whatever's happening energetically for me and for my business right now, trying to give it the space to become what it needs to be so that I can sit down and for the final time do it and get it out there 
which I do need to get on and do because my website designer <laughs> needs to get working on that part. We have finished the branding part of things and do need to move on to the website. And I want to have that out there for you all so you can see that and have a better understanding of everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm offering in ways that you can work with me. So I will get on that soon, but I've had to allow myself to just be a bit of a hot mess in this process. And that's what this podcast is for, for you to see that things are like that sometimes and they can be up and down. And if you look at my Instagram feed right now, it is definitely a little bit of a hot mess because I had my old branding on there and then I was intuitively getting that I needed to do no branding at all. And then I kept feeling drawn to play around with some of the new branding colors. And then I was getting that it was okay for me to do that. So then I was really just kind of playing around with it and not allowing myself to care about what it was going to look like like literally not letting myself check first to see what the previous post on the feed was and how it would look together. And there is stuff on there that I would not have allowed (laughs) if I had looked because I don't like it. I like things to look a certain way and be somewhat cohesive, but that's not what my soul really wants me to be doing right now. And I'm supposed to just play and let things be and let people see that messy part so that you won't be afraid to do the messy part. Because if you saw my feed right now and my feed looked just completely perfect, then you might feel like I can't do that. I can't have a feed that looks completely perfect. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to start. And you wouldn't start. So I hope that you hear this episode and you go look at my hot mess of a feed right now before it starts to get pretty again and you realize that you can you can do it. You can be out here with a hot mess feed. I also have some people who you can follow for help with not having such a hot mess feed. So you can always DM me. It's at Kristen, it's Kristen Hope on Instagram. So at and then I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-I-N-H-O-P-E. I can send you some people who have good posts that you should be able to have somewhat of a start there. And then if you wanted to sign up for their courses too, you could do that. But it really does not have to be perfect and pretty at first. And it can also be so, so simple. I've played around with having extremely simple graphics that I've created on Canva. And then I've also done some that were a little bit more fancy looking, but are also actually really easy to do because they're all from templates on there. So there's a whole range of things that you can do. It really doesn't have to be perfect. And especially we're in a time where Instagram got so, I don't even know the word for it. All these influencers trying to look all perfect and pretty all the time and just everything being so darn curated and there's a place for the curated stuff and things looking pretty as I just said I do like it when it looks cohesive and nice like that but it also still has to feel real and I think people are craving authenticity because there are a lot of people who are not being authentic online a lot of people who are like fitness or health lifestyle type influencers who are posting meals that they're not actually eating and posting workouts that 
either they're not actually doing or they're doing that, but they're also doing this other thing. And maybe the reason their body looks the way that it looks is from something entirely different and people can feel it and they're sick of that shit and they're craving authenticity. That's why TikTok is blowing up so much because if you go over to TikTok, you're still going to find some of those people who are just trying to put out their pretty perfect little curated aesthetic. But then there are people who are being so much more real. There was one account I started following. I always want to be like early in the pandemic because I did create a TikTok account in March of 2020 because I was like, what else am I going to do to entertain myself in these times? So early in the pandemic and my time on TikTok, I started following this account that was this guy who worked at Starbucks and he was literally just posting what he called his daily work scream. So every day, either when he was done with work or on his break, he would go sit in his car and talk to his little phone on TikTok and make a TikTok where he was just venting about annoying customers at Starbucks. But it was entertaining. The way that he would tell stories and say things was entertaining. So I started following him. And now he has like a couple million followers. It's ridiculous. And I may end up doing a whole episode ranting about this at some point, but it drives me crazy right now how people will focus on the bad things in the world. And I am not saying that we should ignore them because we absolutely need to pay attention to the bad things that are going on in the world and find solutions for them. But people will act like it's so hard to be successful right now when there has literally never been a time that it would be easier for you to be successful no matter who you are and almost like especially if you are in a marginalized group because a lot of the people that I see really blowing up on TikTok and having lots of followers and people who are engaging with their stuff are people in minority groups and marginalized groups. They are people who are in the LGBTQ plus community. They are black people. They are people who, there's one account I follow who's a woman who is a baker and she just had a, a TikTok that she made the other day where someone was asking if she has to wear her hijab in the house or if she can take it off if she has to close her blinds and she was doing a TikTok answering that. So like people just want to know you. You might not feel like they want to know you because you just feel like you're this random person, but that's only because you're just this random person right now and you haven't given people the opportunity to fully see you and fully see who you are. And we have lived in this society where we're all trying to hide ourselves, hide our insecurities, hide the parts of ourselves that we maybe aren't even necessarily truly insecure about, but we're just not sure how people would receive it. And some of it is not at all intentional. Like another thing my boyfriend and I will discuss sometimes is how much different I am around him now than I was in the beginning. And it wasn't on purpose. It was just me slowly getting more and more and more comfortable and slowly getting weirder and sillier as time goes. Like without realizing I'm doing it, I will just start talking in some weird voice or make like weird noises. And it's just a thing that happens (laughs) naturally over time as I get more comfortable with someone like, you know, friends that I'm close with, I will do it with. 
and I'm not intentionally holding back those parts of myself in front of other people or, you know, when I am talking on my Instagram story or if I am posting a TikTok, I'm not trying to hide myself from other people, but we've all been conditioned to do it. We've all been conditioned to make ourselves smaller and to fit ourselves into these boxes as best we can. And the reality is that's just not how people are and that's not how the world is the most fun. Especially I myself am always attracted to weird people. And when I say attracted to, I don't mean like just romantically. I mean the people who I'm like, oh, I want to be friends with you are the people who are just weird and different or people who I admire. Like there was one girl at my high school who was two years older than me and her name was Lindsay and she would just dress how a lot of people would probably describe was weird. She would dress in a weird way. She would put a tutu on over whatever the rest of her outfit was and just wear things that would be considered weird and not actually stylish. And I just thought it was so cool. And I loved that she just was so Lindsay and just did her own thing. I thought it was really cool. And I felt like I want to be more like that, but I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to put stuff together because even though the outfits were, like I said, technically weird, they weren't like that crazy. And so I still thought she looked cute. And it was stuff that I didn't feel like I could pull off, but I felt like she could pull it off because she was confident and she was just herself and she just did it. And I remember admiring her a lot. There's also another TikToker who I just recently stumbled upon the other day and started following who is a very awkward person. And she is get, she just got out of an abusive relationship and she's trying to build confidence in herself and get rid of her social anxiety And one of the ways that she's doing it is actually styling outfits. So she's making these TikToks where she's trying to put together her outfits. And sometimes they're a theme, like trying to dress like a strawberry or trying to dress like cotton candy. And sometimes it's just like she wants to wear this certain dress, but it's cold. So she has to find leggings and a coat to go with it or whatever. But she'll do her little TikTok of picking out the outfit and putting it together. And then she'll do a TikTok out in the woods as she goes on this walking path and has to walk through a park and she'll talk about her experience walking through the park and being nervous about the people looking at her and how she is getting herself through it and things like that. And I'm like, I love this girl because she's just her. She's just being herself and she is a little bit awkward. And I'm like, Oh, I just love you. And I hope people are being nice to you. And I love that you're doing this and putting these outfits together. And, uh, I don't think she's done one yet that I would ever personally choose to wear, but I love that she loves it and that she's having fun and she's doing her thing. And this girl has like 37,000 followers on TikTok right now. And that's what her TikTok is. It's her putting together weird outfits that most people in society would probably never wear, mostly because we're worried about what other people would think about us for wearing it. But She's just doing her thing and doing that and people love to see it and people comment on it and are engaging with her. And I looked at her profile just the other day and saw that she also has a podcast and she has a shop. I didn't click in and fully see what's going on there, but I think you see where I'm going with this is this girl is literally just being herself and she's finding ways that she can get paid. 
Because obviously with the podcast, the idea is that you would end up having lots of subscribers and then you can have sponsors and you can make money from doing your podcast. And then I don't know what's in her shop, but whatever's in her shop is stuff that she can sell and she can make money. And there are so many things that you could create, whether they are physical creations, like a product that you're selling to people that they can have and use or whether they are like a course, that's more of what I'm doing, courses and things like that that can help people. But you have stuff that you can create that can help people. And literally all you need to do is just be yourself, but be your full self and let people really see you and get to know who you are. Because I promise you, there will be people who absolutely love you for exactly who you are. And you have to just let them see you. And the only way they can really find you and know that they love you is by letting them see you. So you do kind of have to get on social media. You have to let yourself be a little bit weird. Another one is Elise Myers. If you're on TikTok, you might know who Elise Myers is. She has like 4 million followers. I love her. She's hilarious. And pretty much all she does is tell awkward stories from her past. She also usually has photographic evidence, which is great and very entertaining. She's very good at telling stories. And again, she's just being herself, but now she's a full-time content creator because she just allowed herself to get on TikTok and probably feel really embarrassed at first. She might still feel embarrassed sometimes by some of some of the stuff that she's sharing because she's a human being and none of us feel completely bulletproof all the time. But she just gets on and she shares these awkward, funny stories and other people can relate so they connect with her. But if you're hiding these parts of yourself, if you're hiding the stuff that you're insecure about, if you're hiding the fact that you auditioned at Core Power Yoga once, but you didn't get the job, if you're hiding the fact that you offered a course one time, but zero people showed up, if you're hiding the fact that you used to struggle to even run a mile, then people can't connect with that part of you and they can't relate to you because they don't know that it happened. And if they think that you're just this perfect person, they're not going to relate because nobody's perfect. We have this funny thing that goes on in our brains where we think sometimes that other people want us to be perfect or we need to be perfect in order for people to like us or want to hire us. But the truth is is that that's so far from the case because if we are perfect, then we're just not relatable. And people want to buy from people that they like and people that they relate to. They don't want to give money to someone that they don't like. So you have to let them just really see you and see who you are completely. I mean, not completely, completely. You don't have to be out here telling your deepest, darkest secrets. There's actually a girl I went to high school with whose name is Hillary, who has a marketing and messaging class that I'm in right now. And what she likes to say is share from your scars, not your wounds. So if you are still in the process of really healing from something, maybe don't put it on the internet yet. But once you've healed from it, then share it. Like right when I didn't get the job at Core Power Yoga, I wasn't quite in a place yet to just randomly share with everybody that I auditioned and I didn't get it. But now I can share that and I don't have to feel bad about it. 
So that is an example. That's like a very small example, but that's an example of sharing from your scars and not from your wounds. Same with that relationship course. I would not have wanted to share right after nobody signed up for that workshop that no one signed up. But after I sold the recording and people bought it and some of those people decided to work with me again in other capacities and I sold other courses, it's easier for me to now talk about like, yeah, I failed at that the one time, but I kept going and I didn't let it stop me. And I think other people will admire that more. And that honestly makes other people feel safer because again, if you're I mean, if you're listening to this podcast because you want to start a business and you haven't done it yet because you are afraid that you will fail, would it make you feel better to know that there are people out there who are successful now, but who also had moments of failure? Or would it make you feel better to hear that every single person who's successful right now was absolutely 100% successful the whole way along their journey? I think it's going to make you feel a little bit safer to know that other people have failed along the way and they still end up successful because that takes so much pressure off of you. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you launch something and nobody signs up right away because they eventually will. It's going to happen for you and you can fail along the way and still be successful. You can have a whole bunch of people sign up for your next course that you offer and then have zero people sign up for the one after that and then have a whole bunch of people sign up for the next one again. It can be like that. That might be how it goes for you. And that's okay. We don't have to put all this weird pressure on ourselves to be so wildly successful from start to finish. It's okay if it goes up and down. It's okay if you have things to figure out along the way. Your soul has signed up for certain lessons and wants to have certain struggles because that's how you learn and that's how you grow. And remember what I said, it makes a way better story if you struggle along the way. Have you watched Genius on Netflix yet about Kanye? I've watched the first two parts so far with my boyfriend. We were going to watch the last one yesterday, but then we just ended up talking the whole time. So we didn't end up watching it. But if you watch that, you'll see about how much Kanye struggled in the beginning trying to transition from being a producer to being a rapper because people were not taking him seriously as a rapper. They knew him for making his beats and they thought that that was all that he can do. And if you're somebody who has some nine to five job right now and you want to start your own business doing something completely different, you might be afraid of that same thing or you might even have that same struggle at first. Maybe certain people won't want to hire you for whatever you're doing because they know you as a producer, not as a rapper, (laughs) which I know you're probably laughing because that's not what you're trying to do. Or maybe you are trying to become a rapper. And if you are, I love that for you. That's great. Do your thing. But Kanye had to keep believing in himself. And then actually what I told some of my one-on-one coaching clients is you have to realize that you are Kanye, but then you also have to be your own cootie. And Cootie is the guy who filmed this documentary and he dropped everything to go follow Kanye because he knew Kanye was going to be the next big thing. And he knew Kanye had what it took. He knew Kanye was going to be successful. You have to realize that you are Kanye and you have to be your own Cootie. You have to document things, even if it's just for yourself, even if you never share it anywhere, 
document what you're going through when you're going on your journey, because here's what's going to happen. One of two things or possibly both of these things. Thing number one, once you get to a certain point and you are successful, which by the way, you are successful right now. But when I say that, it's like your idea of what success is. So once you've achieved certain things that you deem are successful, you'll be able to look back and whether it's reading a journal entry that you wrote, or maybe you recorded a video of yourself or a voice note of yourself talking through something, talking about what you were going through, what was going on. You'll be able to look back at that and see how far you've come. And it's really fun to read that stuff. Like I think I maybe mentioned in an episode at one point, me doing journaling with the full moon and things that I wanted to release, beliefs that I wanted to release that were limiting me and holding me back. And when I read that a year later, I cried because I remember how I felt that day that I sat down and I wrote that stuff. And I completely changed in a year. My entire life had changed in that year since I wrote that. And if I hadn't written it down, it would have been a little harder to fully remember exactly how I felt and what I was going through at that time. And it's like truly you will inspire yourself. And some people would be like, oh, you're arrogant, egotistical, whatever. It's not like that. It's not an ego type of thing to be sitting and looking back at that. It's just truly inspiring to realize, holy crap, I was in this position of just like completely not feeling good enough and feeling like exhausted with what my life was and how things were, feeling like my friendships were not how I wanted them to be. I was in a situationship, not even relationship, that was not making me feel particularly good about myself. I was not feeling fulfilled at my full-time job at the time. Like I was just in this place where I was feeling kind of lost and not good enough. And I decided I want things to change. And I wrote down, this is what I'm ready to release. This is what I want to call in in its place. This is what I want to release. This is what I want to call in in its place. And I wrote down, I think like four things. And then a year later, I had created that. I had achieved it. Some of them still have probably some progress to be made and maybe always will. But at the same time, I made massive progress in every single area. And it's so cool to be able to look back and see that and remember this was the day that I decided that I was going to be done with this. This was the day that I decided I wanted to make a shift and to be able to just see as time goes on what a different place I'm in because of that. So that's why I want you to be your own cootie and I want you to realize that you are interesting enough to be worthy of being documented like this. Write it down, take a video and you can make a bunch of TikToks and save them in your draft drafts and you can either literally never post them or this is thing number two share it you can share it now if you feel comfortable again i'll go back to the idea of sharing from your scars not from your wounds so maybe there's some stuff that you want to share right now and other stuff that you want to wait on maybe you want to wait on all of it that's totally fine but you can literally make tiktoks and save them in your drafts and just wait until you do feel comfortable and then you might realize one day, okay, I started this business. It's been a year. 
I made this amount of money. I feel comfortable putting myself out there now and telling my full story. And then maybe you'll slowly start to drip out those TikToks and go ahead and post them. And people will be able to watch the whole journey like it's while it's happening, but you maybe saved it again to be able to share from your scars, not from your wounds. But you could also just share it live because there are people out in the world who are assholes. Yes. But there are also so many people who are so kind. And TikTok has really shown me this in the last couple of years because people will comment stuff and be so supportive and so encouraging. And you could really allow yourself to just find your people and find your community and give people the time to be exposed to you, to get to know you, to decide that they care about you as a person. So then even if you're just sharing stuff that you're going through right now, if you're working on healing something, if you're tapping into your spirituality, if you're just starting to play around with creating something, but maybe not putting any offers out there, if you just document your journey, document what you're doing in your life, people are interested in it. People love to watch that stuff. And you'll start to build up this community of people who care about you so that when you do release a product, there are already people there who want what you're selling. Or if it's more of a service that these people want to work with you, or if it is courses, they'll want to sign up for your course because they watched you. And especially if they're watching you go through an actual transformation, I mean, Sometimes when I think about it, I get really sad that my old Instagram got disabled because those people got to watch me going through it. Those people saw me post for the first time and tell people that I have intuitive and psychic abilities. And they got to watch me have my first coaching client and do all these things. And then my Instagram got disabled and it was all gone. All my old posts, like, seeing the way that I changed, how I was posting, all that stuff is just gone. So that's also just a little thing for you to be aware of that these platforms may not all exist forever. So just be aware of that as you're choosing how you're going to document your journey while you are being your own cootie and realizing that you are Kanye, you're the next Kanye. Also, if you hate Kanye, just know I'm not saying like be Kanye. It's just the idea of he became very famous and successful in his career. So that's the whole idea there. It's not that we want you to literally be Kanye West. It's that I want you to realize that you have something to offer the world. You have something to say. Because if you do watch Genius, which is spelled J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S, I believe. If you do watch that, you'll hear him talking about the fact that he really felt like he had a message to share and he had something to say and that he was different. And he talked about how all these other rappers are mostly rapping just about like their status stuff, you know, cars they drive, girls they're sleeping with, whatever stuff like that. But Kanye was like, I'm talking about the struggles and I'm talking about real life and like people are going to relate to what I have to say. And that's what you have to realize is like, People are going to relate to what you have to say. And whatever you've been through, there are other people who have been through that. And once you get to a place where it is a scar, not a wound that's still gaping, and you feel comfortable sharing it, other people will then be able to find you who've been through the same thing. And maybe you're sharing about something that 
was traumatic that happened to you and you have a service or a product that's completely unrelated to that thing. But the fact that you've been through that makes these people want to buy that thing from you because they can relate to you with it. Or maybe you are offering a service where you help people. Like for me, I'm someone who used to be deeply insecure and held myself back in all sorts of ways, some of which I discussed today. But I worked on healing myself and I got all kinds of different tools, some of which I just kind of stumbled upon along my journey. And then a lot of them have been from my mentor. But I then also took even some of those tools that I got from other people and put my own spin on them and started to channel ways to change them a little bit and make them really work well for me or really work well for my clients. And I now help other people work through the same stuff that I had to work through. That's something that you can do. You can get through whatever hard stuff you're trying to get through right now, and then you can turn around and help other people get through it. There are people who are on TikTok who were in abusive relationships and got out, and now that's what they talk about, and they help people get out of their abusive relationships. There are people on TikTok who are in recovery now but were addicted to drugs or alcohol, and they talk about their struggle and how they got out of that. There are people who talk about going through eating disorders, and now they are in recovery, but they're sharing their journey and they're helping other people get through it. So all of these things are available to you and you have to just realize that you are good enough and you're capable of it. And there's not a single person on this planet who is actually more worthy or more capable than you are. We are all equally worthy and equally capable of going after whatever our own dreams are. The only thing that needs to change about you is your perspective of yourself. So I hope you are feeling inspired to take at least one insecurity in your life and work on shifting it. There's also, I just realized that I don't think I mentioned this, and I really wanted to mention this in this episode because I was going to talk about this last week on the episode, but then I ended up having that conversation with that random guy, Justin, in the parking lot, and it just totally changed what I was talking about. But after spin class one day last week or the week before, I ended up meeting this girl and I told her, I'm probably going to end up talking about this on my podcast, but I won't say your name. And she said, oh, no, you can say my name. Her name is Mariah. And we were chatting and she ended up telling me that she and it was because she followed me on Instagram and I said, oh, I'll follow you back. And she said, don't judge my bio. And I was like, oh, I'm not really here to judge. And she said that she sells feet pics. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a link to her OnlyFans for feet pics in her Instagram bio. And she ended up telling me that her feet used to be her biggest insecurity. And she has long toes, especially the toe that's just to the side of the big toe. She said that those toes are as long as her pinky finger. So she used to be super self-conscious about it. Interestingly enough, even though we're in Dallas, Texas, she's actually also from Minnesota. So she was like, luckily, a lot of the year, it works to just be in socks and closed-toed shoes anyway. But I didn't ever want to wear open-toed shoes. Like I didn't want people to see my feet. She was so insecure about it. And eventually, 
she started to become a little bit less insecure about it. And now she makes money (laughs) from people who are paying her to see that part of her body that she used to be so insecure about. And she told me that and I was like, I fucking love that. I love that so much. I love that she was able to work through her insecurities, just period. You know, I want everybody to work through their insecurities and ditch whatever beliefs they have about not being good enough in whatever way that it is. But then I love that she monetized it. That is so amazing. And that is what is available to everybody. You can monetize the thing that you currently think is the worst thing about you. It's possible. Like, obviously, struggling with alcoholism is not something that anybody is proud of. But once they get through it, they can monetize that. They can write a book about their story and their experience. And so many people will want to buy that book and read that book and read about their story and they can make money off of that experience. Same with Rachel, who was friends with Anna Delvey. If you've watched Investing Anna or just read about that whole real life situation, Rachel, who was friends with this Anna Delvey person, had a bunch of money, like $60,000, kind of technically stolen from her. She ended up getting it all back from the credit card companies. But then she also wrote a book about her experience. And I think she got like a $300,000 book deal off of the thing and was like doing interviews for different magazines, things like this. So whatever is the thing that you're insecure about or feels like the worst thing that's ever happened to you, there are so many ways to monetize things these days. And with social media, it has literally never been easier. People go viral for the silliest things. Like all you have to do is show up and be consistent and be your real authentic self. And the things that you want will be magnetized to you, I promise. And I know it's easier said than done, but I've also done it. So that's why I want you to just trust me and start to work on it. So take something, one of the things that you're insecure about and start to figure out how could I turn this shit into gold? How could I monetize this? And it might involve some healing first, but you can do it. You got this. There are plenty of resources out there, plenty of free ones, also paid ones. And feel free to DM me if you're like, I have this thing I'm trying to heal from. I'd be happy to recommend things to you, whether it's a book of someone else's that you can buy or an Instagram account that you can follow or a TikToker you can follow, whatever it is, I'm happy to point you in the right direction on anything that I can. So you can start to work on healing that and then you can monetize it and you can get paid to be yourself because we can all do that. It's an option that's available to everybody and I want everybody to start doing it because I think we could have a really beautiful planet if everyone was just getting paid to be themselves and we were all just having so much fun all the time. So that is what I have to share this week. I hope I mentioned everything that I want to, but I know you heard whatever you were supposed to hear anyway, and if you want to support me in any way, there are some links in my bio for how to do that. I very briefly mentioned my new membership earlier in the episode, and what that is, if you're curious, is a monthly membership where I will have different tools to reprogram your subconscious mind, 
do some energy work on yourself. Like one of the things that I will be putting out in April is how to do an energy recovery. And an energy recovery is just taking your energy back from other people who have it, taking energy out of your energy body that's not yours and giving it back and then doing some cord cutting. So that's going to be one of the videos which I'm recording actually two versions of it. One that is for just an energy recovery from another person, which also just slight side note with it. It's really good to do an energy recovery anytime you have slept with somebody else. So if you've ever hooked up with anybody, this is something you should do because you do like a complete energy exchange with somebody when you are having sex. So it's good to get your energy back, give them their energy back. It's the kind thing to do. And that is a good use of the person-to-person energy recovery. And then there's another just slightly different way that you could do it where you're doing an energy recovery from any like situation, event, or circumstance. So things like if you've been in a car accident or experienced any type of acute trauma like that, you can do an energy recovery and recover your energy from that traumatic event. And then also things that are more ongoing, like if you were in an abusive relationship, it's sometimes not just that other person, but it's things that happened as a result of that relationship that your energy is maybe still kind of trapped in or caught up in. So there's a slightly different way that you can do an energy recovery to fully get your energy back from that. And those will be part of what is in what is added in for April. So if you sign up today when you're listening to this podcast, you'll get access to a couple of teachings for March. And then by April 1st, I will have the April stuff in there, which is going to be an energy recovery and then a little video explaining how to manifest a part of manifesting that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about or make super clear. So it'll be stuff like that that's in there. And then also two live calls where we might be walking through some sort of tool or just having a Q&A where you can ask questions about stuff that's in the membership, get to know other people. Part of the reason that I wanted to do a membership like this is so that you can build community because I remember getting onto my spiritual journey and just feeling like I was having all of these realizations about the way that the world is and things that are going on in the world that a lot of people just weren't aware of. And some of it is things that are sometimes classified as conspiracy theories. And it was like, I couldn't talk to anybody about it because they would just think I was a crazy conspiracy theorist. And it was like, no, but don't you see like this part, like this thing feels true. I see this happening and it would just get dismissed by most people. So I just felt like I need people I can talk to about this stuff and say, hey, I've noticed this thing that seems weird without them automatically jumping to, that's a conspiracy theory. It's fake. Sometimes I didn't even know that there were conspiracy theories floating around about the stuff that I was thinking. It was like I would have a realization and then say something about it to someone and they would say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory that's not real and just completely dismiss it. And we couldn't even have the conversation. So I wanted to create a place where you can meet people who are open to at least having those conversations. And maybe you still won't be on the same page at the end of it, but you can chat through it 
and feel a little less alone in the journey of figuring out what in the world is going on on this planet we live on and have support, you know, be able to cheer each other on as you do start a business or maybe you've already started it, but just want a little more support, want some people, some community. So it's very much focused on having community and then receiving new tools to help you on your healing journey or just on your journey to create your dream life, helping you be able to manifest more effectively and more efficiently. And then if you are in it, the monthly membership is $27 a month. And then you would get a discount code to get $27 off on any of the courses that I do. So you basically get your membership free in a month where you're doing a course. If I have a course that's an eight-week course, I would just be doubling it and giving you a $54 discount so that for two months, you're not actually paying your membership fee because you've signed up for this course. I just wanted to do that so that you don't feel like you have to keep spending more and more and more and more and like adding on all of these expenses as you're trying to grow and heal. I thought that would just be a nice thing to do. So any courses that I put out, you would be able to get your monthly membership back on when you sign up for that course and just meet some people and have have some fun on this little journey that you're on in life. So that is there. That's available to you. If you are feeling called to join that, I would love to have you there. I also am working on a couple other courses. I'm going back and forth a little bit on which one to do first because when I do polls on my Instagram, they're like three-way tie situations. Everybody wants all of them, so it's a little tricky to figure out what to do first, but I think I'm just going to see what I feel most excited to teach about and do and offer that, which honestly right now is probably going to be a relationship course talking about how to do some healing post-breakup how to then align yourself with a romantic partner who is meeting your high standards and then also how to be a good conscious partner within that relationship and handle things as they come up. So keep an eye out for that because that's probably going to be the next thing that I release. And of course, you can also book a read with me if you want me to look into anything. And my coaching waitlist is also always available for you to apply to if you are feeling called to do some deeper work with me. So those things are in the show notes if you want to check those out. Thank you once again for being here and I'll see you next time.